Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. We're on from 1 to 4 every day now, and after 4 o'clock, you can hear us on the same iHeartRadio app, uh, the podcast. Yeah. John and Ken On Demand is what it's called. So listen there. You just listen continuously for all day, every day for the rest of your life. All right. In 15 minutes, another keyword will be revealed, so you'll have a shot at $1,000 in the KFI Cash Refill Contest. The Antifa people are back. It's like they took a couple of years off, but they've been making appearances in Atlanta and Boston, we're going to talk about what happened in Atlanta because it got really crazy. And they're going to tell you who the main suspects are oh, this that is were funny. arrested to give you a pretty good idea who these people are. And, of course, they come from very privileged households. Spoiled rich kids it was the New York Post headline. And uh, we've been talking about that for years. All these Antifa protesters come from wealthy families. And uh, this is some kind of uh, twisted uh, psychological rebellion against their idiot parents. Yeah, it is. It's a case of parent versus child and the usual uh, backlash that children have against their parents being carried out when they're older and in a much more public way. So we'll tell you all about this coming up later. So the worst agency in Los Angeles, one of the worst agencies in the nation, is the Los Angeles Homeless Services Authority. Uh, They are supposed to be ridding the L.A. area of homelessness, and we've given them billions of dollars to do so, and you've seen what's happened. Well, they got another new head. That's been hired. Valisha Adams-Kellum. And she's well known in the uh, Venice area 
because uh, she used to be the director of the St. Joseph Center, which is one of those outreach organizations. And uh, you could see things did not go well in Venice either. So there are a lot of people in Venice saying, well, what the hell are you talking about? We've already yeah. dealt with this woman for years, and her organization failed us, and now you're putting her in charge of the L.A. Homeless Association? She's been running that Venice nonprofit since 2008, and they were given $5 million in the summer of 2021 to get those people off the oceanfront walk in Venice. We're going to talk now to Mark Ryavec, president of the Venice Stakeholders Association, uh, composing a letter to the El Segundo Times about uh, the reasons that this was not a good pick. And he's very familiar with this woman. Mark, welcome. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, thanks so much for um, asking me on, and uh, Happy New Year to the to the two of you. Um, thank you. Well, tell us about Valicia Adams Kellum and St. Joseph Center, and what's your experience with her and that organization? Well, well first of all, I want to say that um, I, I have some regard for uh, Valicia. She's uh, clearly bright, professional, well educated, but um, she's been a grand disappointment for those of us here who've been concerned about the huge homeless load that, that Venice has been carrying. And she's been there for 15 years, and during that time, she was uh, not a good neighbor. She was not responsive. Um, I, I, there must have been several hundred times where residents would call up St. Joseph, who has a contract to attempt to help this population, and be told that told to call the police. Someone could be having a you know a psychotic meltdown in your front yard. She has counselors that are supposed to treat with this audience, and for 15 years the answer was call the police. Not sure we'll send one of our counselors out to engage that person, to create a profile on that person, to work with them over a period of time to call in um, the County Department of Mental Health and their psychiatrist and to, and to get them uh, you know, into psychiatric care. But we would get no engagement. And it really was flabbergasting that, that they were the, the one that was getting the county money from LASA to treat with, at one point, supposedly, over 2,000 homeless people in our community, and we could not get any engagement. We couldn't get... Uh, Valicia to, to to acknowledge that that's what she her organization was being paid to do, and there are also you know, you know other examples that really raise the question of whether she should be taking on even more professional responsibilities, which uh, which come from um, a failed organization like LASA, which has gotten, as you point out, billions of dollars, and all we have seen is a problem has grown almost exponentially. Um, her organization is under a city mandate that was tied to their building permit that because of where it was located, it was going to attract homeless people. Their organization was supposed to send out cleaning crews in the immediate um, adjacent alleys and streets every day to clean up human feces and bedding and trash and food waste. And they basically um, would not respond for yeah. years. And the other, the other problem that, that, that we experienced was that while we acknowledge she and her team did a 
fabulous job at moving 213 people off the boardwalk and cleaning it up. She left 50 people, and I was out there today. I counted 43 that are still on the boardwalk, and those were the, the, the real problem cases. They are either very mentally ill or very addicted. Um, and, you know, I saw them. They're out there talking to themselves, wandering around barefoot, not properly clothed. And she walked away and left them um, as though um, they, they weren't even there. And it was really uh, astonishing. So many of us question her appointment at this point to lead the organization that's responsible for funding um, all of these efforts across the county. Why do you think she walks away and leaves the last 43 behind to suffer like that? Um, because they are very difficult to deal with, and it's, um, they are the ones that are the, the most severely mentally ill. They are not service-resistant, not, not just service-resistant, they're housing-resistant. They don't, they, they, some of them can't even conceptualize, they're, they're not mentally present, and they need um, a concerted team of a counselor from St. Joseph who is on their case every day, working with them, building the trust, bringing in county mental health, and working to get them conceivably into some kind of a psychiatric facility. And it's like, it's too difficult, so we'll just walk away and declare victory. We got 213, and we'll just leave these people out there to their own devices. And as a, a real problem for the residents, I mean, there's a whole group of these folks right now at a camped on the uh, on the side of a large senior center um, on ozone right on right on the boardwalk and every night they're zombies and they're screaming they're making noise and inflicting you know their um, anguish about being in that kind of setting on the seniors who are living in the saffron center um, right there on ozone on the boardwalk um, and again her offices the St. Joseph Center is like four blocks away and yet they have never taken responsibility uh, to be present all the time to help clean up their own backyard and help people that are in such dire circumstances get the, the help they need Why so do you I, think I don't she know would... how she's going to yeah. do it when she has not a responsibility for the 2000 in Venice, but there were in Venice. She's now responsible for the for the 60,000 that are in the county of Los Angeles. Why do you think she got picked then? Um, because she can point to those 213 that um, remember when they um, when the pandemic started, the. Garcetti and Bonin and the rest of the city council misread the CDC um, uh, advice. It wasn't a law. It was just a guidance that wherever you find homeless people, you leave them, you don't move them because um, you risk spreading COVID. When in reality, all of these, most of these people moved in from somewhere else to the boardwalk. And so they already violated the the COVID um, guidelines and, but Garcetti and Bonin stopped any enforcement, and so that for three years we went from 50 uh, homeless people in and around the boardwalk up to 
260 or 70. Um, and I credit her that given the funding and the mandate that she, it's the, she did, in fact, play a critical role in cleaning up the boardwalk. And then more recently, it was her team and I think some others, I think people helping assisting the homeless path, maybe some loss of counselors um, came in with Bass, with Tracy Park, our new council person, and for the first time in 12 years, completely cleared and housed who, anybody who wanted it um, off of the sort of ground zero, third and Rose, Hampton, right there by Google. 12 years. And Sunset, right by Google. Um, and I think that you can point to a model that works. Um, and the, the, the trouble is that Bass is going to have to change her posture about I- imposing on these areas that are cleared um, no, that nobody can come back and, and allow the police to keep it clear. We need to regain areas and keep the pressure on people, the, particularly the housing-resistant folks, who um, actually don't want to go into housing. And unless they're giving, given some pressure to accept housing, shelter, family reunification, a tiny house, all the options that are now available, um, they're going to continue, continue to choose to stay outside. All right, Mark. Um, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and sharing your thoughts on this new appointment. We appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. All right, that's Mark. Ryavec, he's president of the Venice Stakeholders Association and, of course, a longtime resident of Venice. On the appointment of a woman uh, by Karen Bass and the county to head the Los Angeles Homeless Services Agency, which is the worst. By the way, this job pays $430,000 a year. More than the president. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <clears> a, ra- it's a racket. It's absolutely a complete racket. So Mark has some questions as to whether or not she'll be effective. And, of course, they're starting their homeless count tonight. More coming up, uh, including a keyword for you to possibly win money. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. All right, we'll be talking about the rich, spoiled, snotty people who were arrested in Atlanta for causing another Antifa riot. We'll tell you who they are and their backgrounds because it should tell you all you know about that movement. Uh, Also, coming up later on the show, we'll check in with Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, for the latest in the Monterey Park shooting and then last night's shooting at a couple of mushroom farms up in the Half Moon Bay area of California. Same uh, uh, description, an older Asian man, open fire, and it looks like a case of uh, anger in the workplace. Uh, Alex will fill us in after the news at 3 o'clock. Uh, we were just talking to Mark Ryavec from the Venice Stakeholders Association. It looks like they're going to continue uh, the architects of failure, as former L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva uh, talked about, in that they're naming a woman to head up loss of the Los Angeles Homeless Services Agency who comes from one of these nonprofits, this one out of Santa Monica, which we have labeled part of the homeless industrial complex. They take in many millions of dollars, and show little results. And, you know, you go back to that situation with the boardwalk. It was when Sheriff V went in there mm-hmm. and That's started it. making a scene over the homeless on the boardwalk that Bonin pushed the St. Joseph Center people in there to be, but, uh, the word is aggressive, but to be but, 
more certain about getting people off the boardwalk and into some kind of housing. That sewer had festered for three years and nobody did anything about it. And when the sheriff showed up with his deputies and they started talking to the homeless. And the media was showing up to cover him doing that. Oh, it was like worldwide coverage. Yeah, and and like, and then Bonin and Garcetti panicked, and then they bought uh, this Valicia into uh, and St. Joseph's into the mix. And of but they've been the around end, for years, as you heard Mark say, right? But suddenly, you know, they got the word to really. And Mark said there was a stand down during the pandemic. Although the homeless problems been around longer than that, but uh, it was like, all right, well, don't stand down so much now and get mm-hmm. some of those people off the boardwalk because this looks bad for us. You know, in the- and then Bonner, remember, did a victory lap over it, like, uh, oh, I, I'm behind this all along. Because uh, he, he's a shameless liar. So this Felicia Adams Kellum is now going to run Lhasa, and I just got to read you one line from Mark Ryavik's letter to the L.A. Times. And she said um, uh, she has failed to comply with a city-mandated requirement to clean the streets and alleys around her building, around her building, that are frequently littered with human feces, used syringes, mattresses, trash, and food waste left by the homeless that are drawn to her facilities. Hmm. So her offices are a magnet for the homeless. And they leave behind the feces and syringes and mattresses and garbage, and she doesn't do anything to clean it. She sits in, I suppose, a nice office, has a six-figure salary, and just, I guess, looks at the... You've still got to wade through that to get there, right? The feces and the needles. You've got to walk into the building. I you think that that would... Isn't that amazing? I used to think about that at City Hall, right? There's a huge number of homeless people in the streets around City Hall, and all the workers have to go by there every day, and that doesn't motivate the city to do anything about it in their own neighborhood. And that's why this is a sickness. This is beyond description, beyond debate. These, these, these officials are sick, and they're also making a lot of money. Yeah, they're taking in many millions at that St. Joseph Center. $430,000 this woman's going to get running Lhasa. $430,000. And we talked about this story last year. They wanted to disband Lhasa. Now suddenly uh, there's a renewed energy to continue on with this bureaucracy. But, Ridiculous. But, by the way, this is the fourth leader they've had in the last couple of years. She replaces Stephen Simon, who is serving as an interim head, who replaced Heidi Marston, who uh, resigned, had a conflict yeah, yeah, she with the board. Yeah. yeah, she was a waste of time. And, and she replaced a guy, Peter something, who, yeah. who, was, uh, who, who quit a couple of years ago and announced, hey, I'm great, I hired thousands of uh, do-nothings. Right. Homelessness got bigger, but I hired a lot of people, and I'm proud of that. So even with a good six-figure salary, uh, people flee from this job and accomplish uh, nothing. Now, at another place where homelessness is a problem, there are so many in cities in California where it is, San Diego has, of course, a big homeless problem, too. And they're going to try something unique. I don't know what I think about this, but they want to lift a near 50-year-old ban in California on pay toilets. Mm. Uh, and you know what's happened when with a lot of places, I'm sure you're familiar with this, where there's just too many homeless people around, a lot of businesses keep it locked. You have to have a combination or some sort of key from the front desk to get into the bathrooms. The neck, you know, you can't even go into like a CVS or a Starbucks. Yeah. Because they got to keep it locked up because uh, the homeless will hang out in there, use drugs and poop. You got to stand in a long line just to get a code or you got to buy something.
They claim that with the money, they can install and operate secure and well-lighted restrooms around downtown and in some neighborhoods if they can cover the costs by charging people a nominal fee. And of course, right away, the backlash. It's inhumane to charge homeless people the right to use a restroom. They'll just poop in the streets. Well, they do that anyway, don't they? I they do. Don't. Yeah, they poop in the streets because they're mentally ill and on drugs. So whether you have a toilet or not, or you charge them or not, doesn't matter. They're now, still going to poop in the street because their brains are fried. I didn't even know. I guess I didn't follow that California outlawed pay toilets a long time ago. They're, they're, they were common in many places in the but country. they were cheap usually. It was like a dime or a quarter. What well, are they, what inflation are... today, it's probably a dollar. No, I don't I'm know. Not pay I don't a... know what the fee would be. I'm not going to pay a dollar to pee. <laughs> How much is it worth to you to uh, you know empty what? your bladder? Just do like everybody else does. You know, go in the street. What does it matter? Oh, yes. Yeah, pay toilets are still common in European cities. And New York City has five pay toilets now operating. Five. Yeah, well, apparently the state had to exempt the city, and they're trying it out with five pay toilets. That's eight million people in that city. They got five? It costs $30,000 a month to operate portable toilets with security and lighting. Security. Well, they're not going to make enough money from, from toilets to cover that cost. I doubt it. All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. We will update you completely on the shootings, Monterey Park, and, of course, the one from last night in Half Moon Bay. Alex Stone, ABC News for KFI, will join us right after the news at 3 o'clock. A quick reminder that the iHeartRadio app is a way to connect to the Moist line. Also, to check out our podcast, use the microphone icon in order to leave a message for the Moist line, which is coming up in three days. And, of course, the toll-free number it's one eight seven seven moist eighty six one eight seven seven six six four seven eight eight six. Well, we haven't talked about Antifa in a while. Uh, standing for what? Anti-fascist? Is that what's supposed to be the origins of that yes. acronym? <laughs> Which is an ironic uh, name for this organization because they are the definition of fascists. Now there are some on the other side who say oh, they don't really exist. That's a figment of the right-wing movement's imagination. Those people are lying because we saw the damage they did in Portland, for example. They had six months of rioting. They burned a federal building. So I, 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 you got to do something better. You can't just do, it doesn't exist. It's like, yeah, I watched it every night in the news, so stuff it. But do they have a headquarters and a, and a logo and a letterhead and a... <laughs> no. <laughs> do they have a board that meets? No, do they have a... They have an internet. Yeah, it's social media. Yeah, so when it, when it, when it's time to uh, go and invade a city, they just have to send texts to each other. On January 18th, a man by the name of Manuel Esteban Paez Terran from Florida shot and severely injured a Georgia State Patrol trooper. This was another one of these Occupy thing called, in a, remember the autonomous zones? Mm -hmm. He was eventually killed by return fire from police. Apparently this group... I, this story says they've been in there 18 months in this Occupy. They wanted to stop the construction of a future Atlanta Public Safety Training Center. They're going to train cops guess there. Why. Yeah, training cops. Claiming that it was some sort of protected forest land. That yeah. was their cover story. You're right. But they called it Stop Cop City. Well, apparently it eventually resulted in this exchange of gunfire. And since this man was killed... Uh, a group of Antifa activists went nuts in Atlanta recently and started setting fires and creating chaos and breaking windows. <laughs> and six who were arrested 
are in the spotlight because um, you could probably guess what their backgrounds are. It's it's all rich kids, which and is, they're they're white rich kids. It's it's like some of the homeless activists around here that all the uh, city council people and the mayor are terrified of. They're yes. the sons and daughters of the wealthy. One of the leading homeless activists in Echo Park Lake is the son of some rich Hollywood guy. I remember that yeah. night when they were there trying to stop the removal of the homeless and their possessions. It was a bunch of young-looking, rich white kids and, that were just screaming. And they drive around in expensive cars. Some of them still live with their parents. So one of the people arrested is Francis Carroll. He was already out on bail for a domestic terrorism arrest at the Atlanta Autonomous Zone last month. He's the son of a yacht-sailing, multi-million-dollar family and comes from the main city of Kennebunkport. If you remember Kennebunkport, Maine, that's where George W. Bush liked to hang out. That was a big Bush family place to go. Uh, he lived in his parents' mansion before going to Atlanta. He's one of the six people that was arrested for this string of property attacks, carjackings, assaults on officers. Of course, they've been bailed out. Um, well, the the parent, next person. Parents yes. bail them out immediately. The next person to spotlight is Madeline, in quotation marks, Henry Fiola, who apparently identifies as non binary. Um, yeah, non-binary person in the picture yeah, uh, appears to have some breasts and then hairy underarms. But anyway, yeah, she, um, no, she's really showing off the uh, the uh, her armpits there. And has she drawn a mustache under her nose? Uh, yeah, I think that's what. Uh, it looks like it's penciled in. It's they, not she. Right. They studied archaeological st stuff at Oberlin College with a focus on decolonization. <laughs> there, from a wealthy Portland, Oregon suburb. <laughs> Oberlin College is one of the most left-wing colleges on the planet. Oh, it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're the ones. They're the ones who um, got sued because they started a big ruckus against uh, a bakery that I, I I think they wouldn't uh, do a wedding cake for a gay couple, something like that. And and so uh, they ended up uh, getting sued, and they lost the suit and had to pay millions of dollars to the estate, Oberlin College. Uh, the next person is Emily Catherine Murphy. Uh, we got to look at her here. A middle-class vegan activist. Yeah. She uh, used to serve as the chair for the Chicago chapter of Al Gore's Climate Reality Project. Here's her she's, quote. I have she's into eco-ideology. Eco-ideology. What the hell that is. Here's her quote. I've been vegan five and a half years now. And no matter how much explaining I do, my own family still doesn't fully understand what being vegan means. <laughs> and uh, Ivan James Ferguson, a 23-year-old award-winning classically trained clarinetist from Nevada. And by the way, the point is they all came from all over the country and descended on Atlanta to create this mayhem. Studied at the prestigious San Francisco Conservatory of Music. He regularly performed in concerts in California and Nevada. This is your six people who have been charged in Atlanta with domestic terrorism, felony interference with government property, felony first-degree arson, felony second-degree criminal damage, riot unlawful assembly, and willful destruction of a law enforcement officer and pedestrian in a roadway. Um, they, they got a few other arrests from uh, wealthy children of wealthy parents. 
Uh, Teresa Yu Shen uh, graduated from Barnard College. That's one of those exclusive liberal arts colleges back east. Abigail Skapyak. 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 <laughs> I love that name. Former Justice Department intern. Uh, Mariana Hoyt Lang, a violinist, graduated from I'm NYU. Musician, yeah. uh, Madeline Kodat of Philadelphia, daughter of the former provost and dean of faculty at Lawrence University. Hmm. Another one with like a, a, a male name in parentheses, Matthias. I wonder if this is another one that wants to be non-binary and have like two names. I, and... I don't know. It seems to come as a package. I... This is who's out there, and you thought these people went away. They did not. No. Uh, but the, the, and we talked yesterday about what happened in Boston when a U.S. congresswoman's non-binary child got involved in some mayhem. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, don't, I don't understand why, why people's sexuality or their eating habits. Uh, well, if, it's a, if there's the a rebellion, yeah, well, they're rebelling against a lot of things. Obviously, our capitalist, racist society, but also the way that we put people into categories of gender. Uh, they don't like that. Right. So they create their own categories. They do. Yeah. And then they burn things sometimes. And How come, how come we have another violent vegan? This I keeps coming know. up in the news. I, I, I really couldn't tell you. Do you know how scared I am every day? But well, that's another form of rebellion because they don't like, I could add meat-eating capitalist racist society. I keep it quiet. Only when you guys egg me on. I don't really talk about it in my everyday life. In the I last really hour, don't. you rooted for the pig who killed the poor well, butcher. Well, yes, but, but that's, that's a, on the air. See, that's a form of violence and activism there. No, it is not because sure. I root for the pig who's <laughs> getting tased and about to be slaughtered. <laughs> but the guy died. Okay, but it wasn't the fault of the pig. <laughs> All right, we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. I always wonder what people think when they tune in the middle of that. <laughs> yeah, really. They were all psychos. Especially Madness. if it's the first time they're listening. <laughs> on 1 to 4 every day and after 4 o'clock, the podcast on the iHeartRadio app. you got to type in John and Ken on demand. All right, after 3 o'clock, we'll check in on the shooting that occurred up in uh, Half Moon Bay. Another angry, older Asian male, 66 years old. Took his gun and killed what appears to be a number of uh, co-workers. So Alex Stone will have all the details after the news at three o'clock on the story. And we got a couple of nuggets to tell you back, tell you about concerning the Monterey Park mass shooting that occurred late Saturday night. Uh, from the climate world, Bloomberg Business Week had a headline recently: Wind turbines taller than the Statue of Liberty are falling over. Oh, boy. <laughs> on a calm, sunny day last June, Mike Willie was feeding his cattle when he got a call from a local sheriff's dispatcher. A motorist reported that one of the huge turbines at a nearby wind farm collapsed in dramatic fashion. Uh, Wiley is chief of the volunteer fire department in Ames, 90 miles northwest of Oklahoma City. He went out to take a look at the scene. The steel tower, which stood hundreds of feet tall, was buckled in half, and the turbine blades whose rotation took the machine higher than the Statue of Liberty, were splayed across the wheat field below. Boy, you don't want to be standing under that, huh? The turbine made by GE had been in operation less than a year. What? what was that like cheap construction? or? Well, you, sh you, you would think with, with GE, right? Uh, you, you would think it would last. Uh, I mean, another GE turbine, same model, collapsed in Colorado a few days later. Hmm. And uh, the the owner-operator of that wind farm said it was a blade flaw. 
Well, you don't want to be anybody near these, anywhere near Can these turbines if they're falling over. Imagine that chopping into uh, shreds. It says to develop meaningful amounts of power, the blades on the turbine have to be big. And when big blades spin in heavy winds, the tips can end up hitting supersonic speeds, putting great stress on the materials that are used to construct them. Big blades require tall towers, which are subject to stress as the winds blow and can gust during storms to velocities that test the strength of the materials and the design of the towers. So the energy that they're trying to harness is so strong, it can destroy the wind turbine itself. No. Well, that's something that ought to be corrected. Of course, this article also points out that it takes a lot of construction materials to make these towers which is a considerable carbon footprint. <laughs> Compared to the amount of carbon-free electricity generated, the carbon emitted in manufacturing construction of the towers may take years to counterbalance. And then, of course, if they don't last that long, that makes the story even worse, doesn't it? Right. It means that they're putting out climate-warming gases in excess of the gases that they're saving by creating wind energy. Yeah. Not to I, mention uh, all the copper that they have to mine and refine. Oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, so, looks like wind farms' longevity is going to be an issue. The unpredictable nature of winds with the speed and direction changing abruptly means that complex transmission boxes must be attached to each turbine. And these transmission boxes are stressed when high winds occur and suddenly change direction. And they need maintenance crews at the ready. Wow. That's, uh, I didn't realize you'd have to keep an eye on these huge wind yeah, structures. Because the transmission boxes regularly explode when the gusts of wind overstress them. And they create their own mini environmental disasters from the transmission fluid spewed on the ground. They then pointed out that, of course, the big problem here is all of this is unreliable. When the wind don't blow, you get no electricity. Yeah, and uh, because I, I think, you know, they've, they've sold a bunch of licenses for offshore wind uh, <laughs> structures off of the California coast. I know. It's gonna, I mean, there's high winds out over the ocean, but boy, if they collapse they, like this. They got to anchor them in the ocean bed. Yeah. It's going to take many years before they erect those. And nobody really knows if it's going to work in terms of the stability. Uh, oh, and of course, we've talked about this many times before. There were millions of birds who were killed every year by the windmills. Including the bald eagles. Yeah, they get sucked in. And sliced up. And, and what yeah, was the yeah. other one? Some of them get burnt? Is that the uh, those solar panels? <laughs> the, those, so, the solar panels, yeah. Those massively large solar panels. Well, it gets they, really hot there, and the birds just kind of fly right in. And, and incinerate in the sky. You just hear a little <laughs> sound. Wow. And they turn into uh, dust. Oh, I was going to say, so if you're down there, you don't get a cooked bird you can catch? See, now that's making her laugh. I saw No, that. I'm not laughing. I'm pondering. Okay. Yeah, I heard a noise. It didn't sound like a laugh. but well, no, well, she You had... can see her face, you see. She can hide behind the radio. <laughs> I think she was trying to suppress a laugh. No, I, I'm going to laugh at these. Oh, come on. I'm not laughing at these birds okay. being All right. killed. I mean, I incinerated. Guess I... Incinerated. incinerated. Right. It's a great word, incinerated. It makes a little sound, too. I know, you like going poof. It does make some sort of a quick yeah, poof. Zap. <laughs> Were you even bothered by people that have those bug zapper things like on their porch where the bugs go in and you hear because they've just been electrocuted or something? Or <laughs> Did that bother you too, really? You know, I haven't really thought about it, uh -huh. but I don't love insects. 
but I do try to save them when I can, depending uh, on the insect. You know, I, I try not to murder them, but I hate flies. So I can't be a hypocrite. So gotta be insects. Yeah. Got to be tough getting through the day. Why? Well, it's just there's a lot of natural animal death going around. I know. You're going to get upset over insects. Though. Well, I, I, I try oh, you, not to. You they're, had, very, they're very, they're down at the very bottom of my you, you, animal hierarchy. You had no problem committing that genocide against the ants that were in your house. I told you I hate ants. Yeah, I know. You can call me a hypocrite. That's fine. <laughs> All right, straight ahead, Alex Stone will be here to talk about uh, the latest mass shooting just occurring yesterday up in Half Moon Bay. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.